Welcome. You're tuned into the Living in Rhythm podcast where we wax philosophy and experience in the art and science of living in rhythm. I'm Sister Sunday and I came here to let my soul shine. It's a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? For real. (laughs) This week we are honoring the light that is. We're looking to see magic in the mundane, the day-to-day, our everyday. Bring some magic. The sun is entering into the middle phase of Sagittarius, this final phase of autumn. The days are shorter, less light. Gotta make the soul shine bright, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) We also have the moonlight, which is waxing gibbous, heading towards a full moon on December 7th, 9.09 p.m. Mountain Time. And this is going to be interesting, the sun opposite the moon, which is conjunct Mars, which is retrograde in Gemini. So we got a little uh, story to tell about that. And then I, you know, I've been calling this axis, this, this cycle round, I'm calling this the axis of temporal and ethereal realms. What? We're going to get into that and how time and space is relative to the proximal and distal orientations, whether it be our anatomy, our center of gravity, geologically, maybe even cosmically. So I want to get into some of this stuff and just see if we can't integrate our embodiment with this cosmic happening, this temporal and ethereal balance, the axis of temporal and ethereal realms. So let's tune in. Inhale as you expand into the field and then exhale. Allow yourself to root and anchor into the center of the earth. As you calibrate the core between the axis, the vertical axis, and the horizontal axis of your field, your center of gravity. And I like to call this, if you ever ever had taken a class with me in person in real life, (laughs) you might have heard me say center to enter or even seen it written at the studio uh, once upon a time when I had a physical space that I would practice and teach in, I would ask everybody to center prior to entering to just seriously, when you take your shoes off at the door, leave everything else behind to center your center, center to enter. And this is a practice that I've now extended into all day throughout the day. I just tune in center to enter the grocery store, center to enter my home, center to enter a conversation, a interaction. And this is going to be, I mean, this is like really cool practice for me. It has to do with really being able to embody and experience not only my physical practice, but my spiritual cosmic practice. This part of me that is studying 
this world that's outside of me in relationship to my intrapersonal relationship with myself. And what you might notice is that we're constantly going in between the, you know, these hermetic principles. The the common one, I mean, I, there's a lot that I, I use them all, actually, so many of them throughout the, the day, throughout each time I teach, throughout my throughout each, throughout each session of the podcast. And I keep coming back to the principle of correspondence, which is that, that principle is of that everything is responding and that as above, so below, within, without this beautiful balance. And also how this correspondence relates to polarity. It moves through vibration first. So we've talked about this, but to, to really understand polarity is the next big mission in my life. I mean, I've, I feel like you could say you understand it, but I'm, I'm constantly finding new levels of this. And the what I want to really express and share in my work and in my teaching is that the oppositional energies, the polarities, the duality in life gives us reference and feedback to fine tune ourselves in time and space, our true center of gravity. And so the beautiful thing is, is this is a, this is a response or a something that, that I feel like I've developed more capability through my meditation practice, through prayer and meditation, which I consider synonymous. They, my meditation is a prayer and what I'm starting to find is that my movement practices are also a moving meditation, a moving prayer in my physicality. And that's really what the core calibration is about. So deep to just understand that by being able to calibrate our own center of gravity, our own core, we can start to identify our true nature, our true balanced oneness, our fullness, so to speak. And I began a conversation in the previous sesh about an auric range of motion that our aura has the capacity to expand. And, and we're, we're constantly talking about the range of motion in a physical class, whether it be Pilates, yoga, exercise, you know, the range of motion, PT, physical therapy has range of motion conversations. We're, we're looking to play with our auric range of motion and then also our physical range of motion. And so by doing this, we're playing with, by balancing this as above, so below, within, without orientation, we're practicing this embodiment of the proximal and the distal orientation. Now, proximal movement or proximal geology, as it's referred to in some other realms, but in the movement, the proximal range of motion is near center. It's what's close into center. The distal is the distant or away from center. And so we have proximal range of motion, distal range of motion. And at any given point, we can use that, the balancing between being able to zoom in or zoom out in order to orient our center of gravity. So that's what I talk about when I talk about knowing the field. So we're going to do a little core calibration and then we're going to get cosmic with it because I got so much more to say about this as we tie these physical our physical embodiment with our understanding of the synchronization of the celestial bodies and the planetary bodies as above, so below. 
Okay, so take a nice deep inhale once again. And as you exhale, start to root yourself into the center of the earth and find your center of gravity, your true nature and center. In doing this, you can feel that vertical axis, the root of the earth, the expandedness of the sky. And then you can start to feel the peripheral field, the side of your bodies, the right side, the left side, the diagonals between, the whole horizon that's in the front, in the back, the right and the left. Balancing through the polarity of the vertical axis of the root in the sky. So you're just breathing in your own timing with your own fullness and fortifying your presence and your awareness of your center of gravity and the field that surrounds you. Boom. And this is the whole thing. I call it the one to three breath reset. There's, I can say all these cute, I could cue all these, these flowery words and phrases, but I hope what I hope happens, which I see so often in, in people I work with and in myself is it takes one to three breaths to actually tune in and find your center. Once you start getting serious about it. And then from there, we get to finesse. We get to finesse our way through movement, through expression, through our meditation. We can feel the proximal alignments and the distal alignments. So we're looking for that that balance again of understanding the physical nature and the energetic nature. But the place where those two meet is this beautiful axis point of what I call the temporal and the ethereal. This proximal and distal perspective is really seen in the astrology. So let's talk about it. Well, actually, I want to say this last thing. That when you're doing, you know, so sometimes when we're doing this small micro centering tuning in and centering it's it's true that it takes but a second to tune in but what i want to start to practice when i'm when i'm really living and practicing my own life these days is seeing how much i can tune in to my center of gravity and then start my motion through the proximal field into the distal field reaching away from center while drawing into center at the same time. This is the oppositional energy. And I've, I speak on it in relationship to the stars or cosmic synchronization and that in order to truly get synchronized with the cosmos, we have to be anchored and centered in earth. Our presence and our, our anchoring into the earth allows for the full perspective, that broadening in the, into the distal realm. So this proximal versus distal orientation can happen anatomically, geologically, and I'm suggesting cosmologically, right? So let's talk, let's synchronize with the cosmos. So for in so many ways, this is a larger conversation with astrology and astronomy for that matter, but the proximal planets are really the subconscious, the subjective planets. They have to do with close to center, close to the self, an intra-personal experience. The distal planets 
and the distal houses even have to do with outside of oneself. So it happens between the self and another or outside feedback. That's the distal, further away from center orientation. (laughs) So cool. Okay, so that's on a big scale, astrologically or astronomically. And if we look now at the current astrological weather, we can see that the moon is a proximal celestial body versus the sun, which is the distal or the distant celestial body. So the moon in Gemini is close to center. And it's really cool too, because I'm thinking about Gemini and how it very much is about what's right in front of you. It can be referred to as the day-to-day and the mundane, the what's right in front of you. Simple. There's, it's the simplicity of what is, what is right in front of us. The distal celestial body, the sun, is in, sign, in the sign of Sagittarius, which is so much about higher learning, higher expanding. It's, it's taking what is in front of us and expanding it into a distant perspective, a celestial, ethereal, a philosophical realm. And so it's, it's one of those things where this axis of the temporal and the ethereal realms, this axis of, of Gemini and Sagittarius can teach us so much about being able to really give ourselves permission to zoom in and zoom out, to find that balance between the polarity. You know, because again, if we get too temporal, if we get too earthly and too mundane, it can be boring, it can be plain, it can be simple, which is not all bad. And then if we get too expansive and ungrounded, then we could just, if we get too etheric, then, you know, there's no anchoring, there's no presence. There's not as much ground or validity when it comes to the ethereal realm, because we have to believe a little bit more when it comes to Sagittarius. We have to actually really put a little bit more faith and trust and belief in things that we can't see, which is the mundane, Gemini. So powerful stuff. And the the way that I look at this, this axis of really being able to work in the earthly realm through the mind, letting the mind create in the earthly realm, then expand on that into a spiritual realm through the Sagittarius. So we have that this axis of Gemini and Sagittarius. What I like to say about this particular full moon is that we want to bring magic into the mundane. This polarity is all about making magic, creating, seeing, witnessing, becoming magical in the mundane. Because the thing is, is like, if I'm present and in my center, then I can zoom in and zoom out at any given point. I'm practicing the polarity so I can give myself more creative freedom when things start to feel too heavy and temporal, too earthly, too grounded. I can expand out a little bit, get more expressive, more creative, more fluid, more spiritual, more cosmic, more philosophical. <laughs> we, um, and, you know, as I, I, I love this, I love this, this thought process because again, we, it's cool to understand the Zodiac and the signs within as themselves, but I'm telling, but I highly recommend 
creating a relationship, observing and making correspondences for your own from your own perspective on on the polarity because you can learn so much about the axis. The oppositional forces give us reference point to find neutrality, to find balance, to find the middle way. And again, when we're in the middle, then we can make choices as we need. If you're walking the middle way, then you can, if you have to go to one side, it's no big deal because then you just, you start, you step to the side and then you get back to the center again. There's this freedom and agility that we, that is created not only physically, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally by being able to understand the polarity because you can make your way from one, from one pole to the next, from one extreme to the next. Uh, so (laughs) yeah, I mean, it really gets me excited. So I want to talk about, I want to talk then about this timing of this full moon because the full moon is happening at 16 degrees. Okay. So we have the sun is basically in the middle phase of the sign of Sagittarius at 16 degrees. It's the middle phase of the final phase of autumn in the Northern hemisphere. We call it the fall because it's the fall of the light. The light is receding and pulling back and withdrawing and the days are getting longer and darker. And we, just, we, in this time period, we have to cherish the light that we've cultivated over the last, since the beginning of the cycle, since Aries. We cultivate light, we maximize it, and then it starts to wane. And we're basically heading into the final phase where solstice is coming. We'll talk about that in good time, but the, these final days, this final half of Sagittarius is a real opportunity to honor the light that is. It's this time when we come together and we gather around the light that is what we've created and we honor it and we cherish it and we nurture it and we keep it steady. We keep it strong so that we can bring it back. We can grow it back as the season changes. And so this maximizing the daylight, making good use of the daylight, making good use of candlelight, of moonlight, of firelight. So many, so many of us are, are keeping fires. It's one of my jobs in this time of year is to gather wood and carry water. As I like to say, I love carrying the, the wood from the pile that we cultivated in the late summer into early fall and gathering it and carrying it into the house and keeping the fires burning, keeping that internal heat in our home lit so that we all stay warm. We gather by it in the evenings. It give, it provides a little light. And also it's just like one of my favorite things. It's such a beautiful, I love fire. <laughs> I love a good healthy fire. <laughs> so in Sagittarius is all about fire. It's making the light, making do with this light. Again, it's almost like we make do with what we have and we honor it and we cherish it. And then we can bring some magic into the day to day. And so the sun at 16 degrees is going to be opposing the moon in Gemini at 16 degrees. The moon in Gemini is such a 
So I'm starting to recognize how many um, people in my life are moon and Gemini. (laughs) And this is what you'll find when you start doing more and more charts, you'll start to see how people in your life, there's these common cycles of personality traits or astrological traits that show up to reflect. And so a moon in Gemini puts a new twist because it's very witty and quick. It can almost, it can also be a little sporadic too. So you really, with a moon in Gemini, you want to focus the mind and really work on that grounding factor, really anchoring into the earth because the mental energy of Gemini is quick. It's coming in fast. It's coming in strong. It's um, nonstop. It's nonstop. So the fact that the moon is there too, not only is the mind working, but the intuitive capacity is working. So I kind of talk about this, this ability of like being quick witted and quick, quick to speak, quick to speak and express the intuitive realm, which sometimes needs more processing. (laughs) You know, so sometimes Gemini moon can just be you know, spouting off so many ideas and they're not even attached to any of them. They're just sharing them, (laughs) which is cool. And sometimes they get so attached to one that they just like hone in on all the details they can on the one idea, on the one subject or thought process. And that can be intense as well. And so this, this Gemini moon is really full moon. A full moon in Gemini is giving us an opportunity to really let the creative ideas flow, to really start to allow our understanding to start to culminate. We're working on the day-to-day realm. So what you find with the intuition being brought into the day-to-day, it's really working on being present and taking it one step at a time. I have this phrase, one breath, one thought, one step, one day at a time. That is so Gemini moon because as we do this, we're creating a pace and a rhythm and a beat that is very present and it's focused and it has a, like, it has a grace to it and a channel for the ideas to go rather than letting them bounce all around like some sort of um, electrical storm or something. Uh, You want to really hone the light, kind of focus the light in again. And so it's really, really beautiful because the Gemini moon in the sign of Sagittarius, right? That full moon in Gemini always happens when the sun is in Sagittarius every year. The full moon in Gemini is a fully illuminated Gemini moon in a place when we need it the most. That high ideals, high creativity and and energy and data coming through the mental plane into an intuitive capacity. So what does that mean for us? My interpretation with this axis is that we're having insight and instinct. We're getting instinctual um, instinctual flushes almost, or, um, (laughs) I mean, it really does come in like electricity from my perspective. And it has this way of in the Gemini in the Sagittarius season of giving us this, the light that we need to see us through till solstice when the light starts to come back. So this is the final full moon of right before things get really dark and then they grow, then they, the light comes back again. The full moon takes place on December 7th 
9.09 p.m. Mountain Time. And what's so powerful about this particular full moon is that the moon is going to be conjunct Mars. So we'll see the moon and Mars in the sky together. We have a really powerful occurrence that we'll actually be able to witness from Earth, from the Northern Hemisphere. And that's where it's actually in the North America, Northern Hemisphere in North America. So basically you'll be able to see if you look up around the full moon, you'll be able to see the moon traversing in front of Mars. So it's going to start on one side of Mars, it will cover Mars, and then it will reveal Mars again. The moon is occulting Mars. So the moon is eclipsing Mars. It'll be rolling in front of it from Earth's perspective. And this is really, for me, my, when I read, when I interpret this, when I see this in the sky and when I see this coming, so to speak, I think, okay, a full moon in Gemini with Mars that's retrograding in Gemini, it's, it's traversing backwards and it's in a long cycle in Gemini. There's quite a bit of, we have a lot of ideologies that we have a lot of ideas coming through right now. There's lots of information and data gathering happening in this moment. And it's almost happening in slow motion because Mars is in retrograde as far as being able to assert itself, but it's happening at high speed as far as the rate at which it's coming. And so the moon added to that is giving us an intuitive connection. The Mars has an instinctual connection. The moon has an intuitive connection. This is a place where we can witness energy, like witness the quickening of the mind and the spirit. Witness the quickening of manifestation from thought into reality, from thought into feeling, into, from thought into whatever you want it to be. It's the expression of our thoughts in the third dimension, really. <laughs> and it's more, I know this is cosmic. I can't help it. But the I think about it in terms of Again, that proximal and distal situation that we're being given an opportunity to with the Mars moon conjunction on the full moon. So cool. With that connection, the moon and with the moon conjunct Mars and in Gemini. No hesitation. That's what I want to say about it. This is this is a place where it's it's about non-hesitation. It's about being so present to just take that next step, to just take that following step, to just one breath, one thought, one step, one day at a time, to really follow the rhythm and trust in the rhythm and trust in the guidance and the instinct and intuition are all in tune. And the thing is, is where it's going to show up is light. Right now, the darkness of the season, so to speak, the fall is creating an opportunity to see the light, flashes of light, where things can grow, where things can be lit, where things can, when you illuminate something in full darkness, think about it. Think, in fact, 
darken your room, you know, light a candle and witness, witness that the, the spark of the one flame and how much can be illuminated, but that yet it's more about the, the flame will definitely light a space, but it's very consolidated. One flame of a candlelight of the moonlight in the darkest season. It's so consolidated that that illumination is consolidated. And so you can really see what's right and what's around you. What's most important to kind of go to that peripheral, that distal edge and feel where the edge of the light is. (laughs) There's this balancing between you can walk, you can walk away from that candlelight. You can start at the center where the can't close and proximal. You can start near the, the flame of the one candlelight and then walk back away from the candlelight and watch how things, the perspective changes. This is my point. We're being given through this, this thing, this, this full moon that happens once a year is that candlelight, is that full moonlight. And it bows out like a moon bow and it ripples out and we make good use of what light is there. And there is a true gift in being able to see close in versus to expand and feel the edge of the realm and to not be afraid, but to also not feel the need to go any further, but to stay centered, to stay somewhere between that proximal and distal realm, to balance and, and find clarity somewhere between the proximal distal realm, somewhere between the temporal, the earthly versus the spiritual, etheric, cosmic. You know, so agility is really the name of the game is being able to do both to be able to be agile enough to focus in and consolidate and yet expand in a grounded way without losing ourselves or going too far into the darkness. Because that's kind of what we're being asked to do right now is walk that fine line. There's a lot of darkness in the world. (laughs) And so how do you keep the fire burning within? How do you keep that light consolidated and strong within the pilot light, the inner light, right? So that's this full moon, no pressure. (laughs) And then that Mars retrograding. It's going to continue for the next few months, but it's neat that it's with this full moon because again, opportunities abound for us to actually witness where the power is, where the light really is. Where's the energy in it? And it can happen again. It can happen in a physical way and an emotional way. It can happen through feedback in the etheric realms. And we're trying to tune into all of it. I want to be a cosmic human being grounded and centered on earth. So that's my meditation moving into this full moon in Gemini. I want to bring a little magic in the mundane. Okay. So the last thing that I want to talk about before we phase out is just really being able to tune in to 
time and space a little bit more and really recognizing that this idea of proximal distal orientation it can affect our sense of presentness in time and space and I'll be getting more into this next week, but the Sagittarius, I just can't help but go into time, space, <laughs> uh, philosophical, con- you know, philosophical understandings around time and space, or at least my philosophical understanding. And the what I want to say about this is that the thing that's really, really beautiful about being able to understand or observe the rhythm of the sun and the moon, especially through its phasing of new into full, back into new, this, this lunar phasing that happens, it's, it really helps us to understand the natural rhythm and the natural cycle of life on earth. This is a great way of keeping time. It is one of the ways that our ancestors kept time. And I feel like it's, we're being called to come back to this, this balancing or come back to this practice of tuning into the natural cycles of life, this natural time. And from that, it's always different depending on where we are in time and space, depending on where we are physically. You know, so for example, I've lived in the mountains. I've lived on the Hawaiian Islands. I've lived in New Mexico. I've traveled mostly on this part of the of the planet but I've spent time in the Caribbean I've spent time in Alaska in the summer where the days where there was most where it was mostly daytime you know in the summer rarely do you have any like the sunset lasts for sunset in Alaska in the middle in the late summer lasts lasts for hours (laughs) it's it's really powerful. And then sunrise is almost exactly the same as sunset. And so it's a trip when you're, if you've ever been there, but this is kind of the point is like, depending on where we are on earth affects the way we orient ourselves around time and space. And the thing is, is the, the seasons give us this effect as well. And so with the sun really drawing into its darkest cycle or with the with the days drawing into their shortest phase their shortest cycle we can feel the light waning we can experience the light waning in the northern hemisphere meanwhile it's growing in the southern so our understanding and our our relationship to this can affect us like so when we understand this we can sort of ride these waves of being able to, to nurture ourselves. And I, I want, I say this because as the, as there's less light, as things consolidate and we come inside more, we might feel there is a, a way of this time of year bringing out some loneliness because things consolidate so much that we end up sometimes, some people feel like they're alone. They feel like they're not part of a community or or just they might not have the amount of family or friends and, and, or, you know, you might just live far away from people like I do and you don't get out much. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I, I just want to encourage us all in this time period to 
hold the light and share some light too. If you have a little extra light to give to people that you know don't have as many people around them or have as much interaction, to just reach out and send some love and let people know that you're you're thinking of them, you're feeling them. Just It doesn't take gift giving. It's just light giving. You know, light giving can do so much for, for people in this time. And that's important because again, you might have your friends or your family, your family that's close. And then you might have those distant friends, right? The proximal versus the distal again. And you know, this, this time period is all about that is just kind of, kind of checking in a little bit with that. Again, get close in, consolidate your energy and then zoom out and feel just kind of scan the realm to make sure that, you know, we're taking care of our people. Show love to your people. That's one of my main messages that I wanted that I want to share because, you know, this is this time of year. It's not just about the season of the holidays and that has a lot of weight around it, too, which I don't like to play that game. But what I I do know is that as the light grows or as the as the days grow shorter and the light is less in the day, we don't have as much time for seeing people outside of our our close knit. So you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of, of the, of this calendar and the Gregorian schedule, but it's also the, the actual celestial schedule. And so the more we can tune into these rhythms, I'm telling you, they will serve us in and serve our community. When we really tune into it, it can do more than we realize. And it's just coming back to nature and coming back to ourselves. My last thought is that as we tune into these final phases, this final phase of the fall, I'm being called to observe time differently too, because this is another one of those times where you look at the clock and it doesn't feel like the, the light outside reflects the clock inside on the wall or on my phone or whatever. And, uh, I love it because I think time is a construct that keeps us completely bound which is, again, another way that we can bring magic in the mundane. The way we bring magic in the mundane is by consolidating our light and sharing it. We can actually start to make use of the light that we have to become very creative, to become very tuned in and present on on a realm that when there's less light, we can actually sense more. They have, you've might've heard it be said that folks that have limitations in their vision have extraordinary capabilities through their hearing. I think of Stevie Wonder, you know, it's like the, the capacity to use the, the drawing in, to give us more insight and clarity into our sensory system and our capacity to actually be spiritual, magical, cosmic humans. You know, this is when we start to make use of what we have. And I just, again, I want to just bring it all back to this understanding of being able to honor and, and give reverence to that with it, with it, to the light that is to give honor and reverence to the light that is, the presence as it is, 
for ourselves as we are right here and now in this time and space. Because I, I, I know that we're moving forward in time and space. We have been through as a collective humanity over the last few years has been through an, an incredible amount of, of breaking down in order to rebuild. There's a major amount of transformation occurring on the planet and it's back to that honoring the light that is through the darkness. We can actually feel and sense the magic that is. And so I am just sending out a little, love and prayer in this full moon time period for us to just really cherish this light, let it fill us, let it in, enhance our capacity to, to be more, more present, more creative than we've ever been, to find new ways to resource and harness nurturing light and feedback so that we could actually share it with the world all in good time you know but uh i just i just am hoping that you are taking care of yourself and taking care of the people in your life because that's what's most important right now you know like when it comes down to it it's the light within and the light without we don't we don't need to do anything but be our true selves in the moment and you know, this time of year really breaks that down and, and gives us an opportunity to to be who we really are at home. I hope you have a good, secure sanctuary that you can celebrate and be with the people that you love the most, that you can consolidate your energy and hone in on, on that which is feels most important to you. And then as, as you take the time to do that, that you give some back to, to the anything else outside of you that might need some extra love and attention, you might just, you might just find a new passion and a new, a new way to work your magic in this world. That's really what this is about is like not hesitating through the creativity to be so creative and, and to be so organized and centered. I feel like we have an opportunity to really receive some deep visions for our missions. <laughs> soul mission. I'm always on a mission, you know? The soul mission is always happening. And so I'm like, I'm open, I'm present, I'm grounded. I'm going to let my soul shine. And as that light, as I harness that light, as that light grows, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to honor that which is in that light. Bring it in. Bring it in. I promise I'll give it back. I'll give back what I can. Every time. So, <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this session. I appreciate you. Blessings and love. Peace. Peace.